Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bloody Good Horror. My name's Eric, and I'll be your host for this evening, where we will be reviewing The Scary of 61st. And before we even get into spoilers, let us tell you, no, we don't really understand that title. And, uh, <laughs> no, we do not. Most of, that, most of the movie. You're muted. I understood it. Okay. Sure 61st is the street. No, that that's was fine. The street. But the, it's like, it's the syntax. It's like the phrasing of the sentence. Right. Is that scary though? The well, scary, I think it, like what is the, the scary? S- it's like calling someone a scary person, but you just drop the person. I don't Damn, know. That that's was my a, that's a, what the the kids call. <laughs> Look, this is a, this is a movie by young people, Eric. They talk differently. Than, <laughs> Boy, than you want some old you want some old people hot takes this evening. Stay tuned. So we're gonna review that here shortly. First up, joining us from the lovely Pacific Northwest, please welcome Ariel. Hi. Next up from the Bay Area. Is the Bay Area lovely? I don't know. I know there's a lot of pooping on the street going on and stuff. I mean, San Francisco (laughs) has its share of street sprinkles, but uh, where I am, it's pretty free. Street street sprinkles. (laughs) Please welcome Rachel to the show. (laughs) Master champion of is it human or dog poop? Oh, God. Next up on the show from Indiana, please welcome Casey. Hello. We have horse sprinkles. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, how many street biscuits you guys got over there? Casey? And last up tonight, um, a fact I learned from this movie is that John Schnars lived in Jeffrey Epstein's neighborhood. So we're going to talk about that this evening. So please welcome John Schnars to the show. I've been called the scary of 96. That's <laughs> what I go by these days. Very nice. I still think that doesn't make sense, but I understand. Um, all right. People, let's take a quick break here and discuss the movie. This is it, Shadowbird. Your big break in TV. Fuck the front time. Main feature. Just spilled my drink, John, all over my leg. Um. I'm also you you made a, us wait to go get that drink, well, too. Part That's of the setting part. I, I need to trim my beard. My beard is at the point where it's just become like um, a drink absorber now. <laughs> like, You ever seen that episode of Cheers when they're all growing their beards out to see who has the most absorbent beard? That's kind of what's happening. Yeah, I, I have seen that. Yes. Interesting thing just happened. A total look of um, like recognizing from Ariel, but not so much from Rachel. The so, absorbent beer episode. I know who the cheers for the beard. Is. The beard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen my share. I have opinions. <laughs> I just don't remember that. Episode. Um, <laughs> who's he, who's the youngest person here tonight? Because I have so many questions, and you're just gonna default have to answer for this movie. Is it you, Casey? <laughs> yeah. Yes. <laughs> I feel like maybe Ariel. Maybe I'm or John. Thirty-eight. Okay. Uh, oh, you got me beat. Oh, okay. I think it's Ariel. We're all, so never mind. We're all about the same amount old. So never mind. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't think any of us can speak for the John young generation Schars. here. I mean, I lack maturity. I just have yeah. a little. Right. <laughs> I am young at heart. Right, right. But the West Coast generally has always seemed cooler to me. So that might make you guys younger. Mm. Because like those... I don't think there's been a day in my life when anyone called me cool. So that, I that's how trends <laughs> move, though, right? Like, isn't that what happens? Trends start in the West Coast and then they move across the country. You know? Oh, I don't know. At least back in the day, <laughs> maybe. Uh, John Schnars. Yes, Eric. You were bragging pre-show about the fact that you use words all the time. 
What is was I? Yeah, I mean, can we talk? <laughs> sounds like a little bit. Can we so talk many about words? He can't even remember the words anymore. Oh, 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 can yeah, we talk I was, about? I was bragging about that. I mean, I wouldn't call that bragging. That was more about my memory. But can we talk about the fact that the the fact that you actually like basically lived in Jeffrey Epstein's neighborhood is like something that I would come up with about the Schnarr's character on the show. Can we discuss that well, here? Briefly? So first of all, I actually don't know that. I mean, I take as a given that he did live at 61st street, but I don't know that that's true. I, I was saying, well, and I don't think he, well, we can talk about it. He didn't live in the apartment they lived in. It was just one that he owned and he used as like a torture pad. I think that's like, I don't It was, none of this was explained very clearly, but, um, yeah, I lived like in the Upper East Side. That's like where all the most of this movie takes place. So fascinating. Mm-hmm. Schnars can neither confirm nor, nor deny because he has to. Wear, they usually wear the little eyes wide shut mask yeah. when they get together. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. John's <laughs> no, we know who lives. John's. I would. I mean, maybe worse than uh, than uh, not worse than Epstein. That would be hard. Um, uh, Rudy Giuliani lives like within three blocks of where I live right now. Wow, gross. I mean. Super gross. John, does your building? If we have another Washington meeting. We're going TP. <laughs> John, does your building have a, a JS inscribed by the door? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To let people know that's where you're at. Yeah, it's got some. It, there's some inscriptions, but you, you wouldn't read them to your children. Let's put it that way. <laughs> uh, all right, stars. Please bring us the word of the day. This is it. That's not it. The word of the day. If you hadn't have said anything, I probably would have just gone mm-hmm. with it. So uh, today's word, Eric, Anglophile. Mm-hmm. I'm from Anglophile. A N G L O P H I L E. John, what do you think the Queen said when she saw this movie? <laughs> <laughs> what was her reaction? Oh, uh, Anglophile, a person who's fond of or greatly admires England or Britain. Uh, and that's the noun it can be used as an adjective uh, fond of or admiring of England or Britain yeah Anglophile Um, I don't know I can't wait to talk about some of those (laughs) scenes honestly it was one of my favorite parts of this movie I mean it's real weird and like one of the characters uh, has, has one of the more explicit scenes involving the royal family i think that can safely be said in, in any in, in the history of film um she keeps saying things like i love the royals or like i think someone calls her like a royal cuck at some point which is just like almost didn't make sense there's a liberal use of the word cuck thrown around in a very like oh, internet yeah. internet kind of way yeah yeah mm-hmm. we're gonna talk about john why don't you you tell me what this movie is about john so I already right. I already know. I just want to make sure that you know. <laughs> the, the setup here I, I think is amusing insofar as Eric recommended this movie. I don't I, know how uh, you even that is heard a, about this. That movie. is a inaccurate statement. I said, how about no. we do this? No, no, no. A recommendation <laughs> oh, no. a recommendation implies that I saw it, said, This is great, we should watch it. That's not what that for the word person, mm. John, you're really stretching 
the meaning of words. We were we were I discussing just wanted, watching another movie, this, and yes. Eric was like, "No, no, no!" Here's I why. Really wanted to check chosen, out. Here's why this, this was chosen over Studio Six Six Six, just so yeah. it's out there. Here's why yeah. I know. Oh, right. That yeah. would have been a great tie-in with, um, you know. Whatever. Yeah. Here's no, what no, I look, know. I, we're, yeah, we'll get to it. Here's what I know about this movie. It's been on the shutter top rotator for like three, four weeks. Mm-hmm. I've mm-hmm. seen, definitely seen people mention it on Twitter um, and Slack, people that were interested in it. I, I, in hindsight, I don't know if these are people that had seen it or not, but like, I, I definitely <laughs> never saw anybody describe what I actually just saw. So, like, so I knew nothing. Like I went into this completely, like all I had seen was the shutter sort of like pre-image. Um, what is this movie about? It is, there are three characters, effectively. You have Noel and Addie. They are like young 20-somethings trying to find an apartment in New York City. Um, they move into an apartment that is furnished and like well outside their sort of price range, just like in, under in, in any normal circumstances. But one of them, I can't remember. I, I guess it was probably Addie, if I had to guess, just based on what happens in the movie, is like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, this is this is like a cool thing. Like, don't don't think too hard about it. And so they move in. Um, very quickly, it is revealed that this was an apartment building, maybe the whole building, or maybe just this this apartment was owned by Jeffrey Epstein. Um, the third character is then introduced whose name in the movie is it's not showing up on my thing right now sorry i don't think uh, she any, has a name okay mm-hmm. that 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 would make sense um her name in in real life is is dasha nekrasova so she is the writer co-writer of this movie with uh madeline quinn who plays noel they co-wrote the movie and then dasha directed it i know her from Succession. For anyone who watches Succession, now, she which, plays Comfort. Tell me again she which plays, actress she's in this movie. She's the the third one. She's the one who's the reporter, the investigator, the yeah, the I, cub I, reporter that shows up. Is that <laughs> what they call? It? Like, was she working nominally for like a news organization? Yeah. I, I, I don't, don't think, think so. so. I, think I didn't think so. Obsessed and investigating. Yeah, yeah. That's what I kind of. She basically is like a crazed like Epstein conspiracy she like, theory um, investigator. She looked like a teenager who went to the store and was like, "What does an adult lady wear? Give me that." And then, then was like, <laughs> I'm a reporter. Well, right. so she, again, she's the writer director of this movie. She's she plays a character on Succession who I really like. She's on the most recent season, and. So, I mean, the so she basically shows up. She then very quickly befriends Noel, who is like, I, like the easiest way to describe them is how they look, which I realize is probably not appropriate, but one of them is like tall, tall. with brown hair, and then yeah. the other two have like blonde hair. Problematic. Um, I mean, <laughs> look, if you so Noel and and the director Dasha become like this like obsessive Epstein investigation duo, slash the other friend partners. Well, the other friend has like a boyfriend who sometimes she sees and like she she's like spending some time. Greg is his name. Also, he produced the movie Mark Rappaport. Um, Is he related to Michael Rappaport? Is he? I mean, are you asking? I don't know. It sounds like a, I think it's like, like we're sounds, setting our own conspiracy. Sounds like a conspiracy to me. <laughs> All right. In any event, so she's like staying with the friend and or staying with the boyfriend and whatever. She starts to become possessed by someone or, or was previously possessed and was not had not revealed it uh, 
by someone who was like an Epstein victim? Is that, I, I mean, I think that's the only plausible I think reading. So. Yeah. Or was she herself a victim? Is that possible? I mean, they allude to the fact that something happened to her in her childhood with her father, and he's got a lot of money, so oh, it could yeah, be yeah, that yeah. he's in the same circle. One of them yeah. says that. So, yeah. They're supposed to be super wealthy, too. Yeah, and she's the one who's obsessed with, uh, what's the what's the royal who? Prince Andrew. Andrew. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Andrew. Um, and so you've got the two, the, like, two investigators who start doing tons of, like, speed and, like, talking like crazy conspiracy theory people um they're running around doing some investigating investigating uh i use that term lightly the other the other woman um addy sort of like increasingly goes off the deep end uh there's like a uh i don't know like an exorcism slash like some kind of psychosexual ceremony thing that goes on and is disrupted. And, and then the movie ends. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. So like, that's, I don't, that's as much plot as I think I can get through. Are, are there, like, are there things, other big plot points I'm missing? I, I'm going to be honest so. with you. I blacked out in the middle of that much. like okay. <laughs> <laughs> We can, we can talk about it. Cause I know Rachel did some research very helpfully, but the, the director, the writer director here also has a podcast that is quite popular, like makes mm-hmm. hundreds of thousands of dollars on Patreon. Well, you'd have to make um, me feel bad about it, John. Well, no, but I, it's, it's called red scare and it's like a thing. It's like a, it's like a crazy, weird. Well, I don't know. Do you know, do you know about it, this? But... Why don't you go first, Rachel? Tell me what you found in your uh, searchings, and tell me what you thought of this movie. I mean, Red Scare is ostensibly a political podcast where they just kind of talk about um, like latest news things, but it's done through the perspective of what they call the dirtbag left. Which I'm, I know that there are a million people who are screaming at the phone that right is now. The but most this Bro- is what I discovered. That is the most Brooklyn thing I've ever heard in my entire life. <laughs> well, I mean, that is I mean it's a pretty big are. thing. Oh, the, you yeah. mean they're in Brooklyn? I mean, I guess right. Okay, got it. <laughs> yeah. No, well, the biggest is like Chapo Trap House, which is yeah. the biggest Patreon podcast, which is not based in Brooklyn. And is, I think it might be Pacific Northwest, actually. But they've made like millions and millions of dollars in yeah. this space. And it's essentially like the un it's like the unwoke left. So like um they're one of their big boogeymen is cancel culture. And there's a lot of like um specifically using language that would be counter to you know, cancel culture, like using the word retarded. Okay, that's or, interesting. Um, I did like, calling things gay. I did clock a lot of the language in the movie. Oh yeah. And be like, that was yeah. Yes. Interesting. Like you. that's not yeah. satire. That's there. like author's voice. Got it. <laughs> so. okay. Oh, see, I was assuming that they were trying to get you to think that these people were sort of right-wing conspiracy theorists because of the language they use. But you're saying like that we don't even know how to take they... this shit anymore. It's just like, what am I? What okay, am I watching? I'm... Tell me. <laughs> so, like, <laughs> yeah. here's just like some context for the movie. I read some interviews with Dasha, and basically, what happened was in quarantine when all the stuff happened with Epstein, she kind she. It triggered what she called a manic episode because she became obsessed with the fact that the CIA murdered Epstein in her um, thoughts. And so during this process, her and her co-writer sat down to try to like basically create a story that spoke to the fervor of that feeling because Hmm. she kind of felt like it was it was near her house when it happened. Like the prison is near her house, apparently. And she felt like it was a slap in the face towards her because of something from her past that she didn't refuse to elaborate on. Hmm. So she's she's from Hmm. Belarus, I read. Mm -hmm. And like 
I don't know if you're following the news, like Belarus, not like a super cool place right it. now. Yeah. I mean, no. I don't think it has yeah. been for a little while, but yeah. So, you know, this made me, yeah. this movie made me feel ashamed that I most of the time think he was murdered. <laughs> like, I don't I mean, know. He probably was. I don't, that's murdered. what I'm saying. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> sometimes shit just kind of makes sense, but then you see something like this and you're like, oh, I'm like, this is, is this what I am? Like, I don't. I don't <laughs> all right, Rachel, what'd you, first of all, thank you. You are amazing. Mm -hmm. And what did you think of this movie? Uh, this is tricky. This is a tricky one because I spent a lot of my time watching this trying to decide, is this really interesting or just really bad? And I'm not really sure where I land on that yet. I think the movie takes some really big swings and is absolutely bonkers in a lot of ways that I speak that speak to me. Like it falls under my favorite umbrella, which is women behaving transgressively and they do in this quite a bit. And so that speaks to me. And they go there with the body fluids in a lot of ways I was not expecting. <laughs> um, and so there are things about it that I really connected with. But at the same time, I think where it loses me is maybe in the intent. I think it really tries to speak to some broad subjects, like by the handful. Like they cannot get enough ideas in this thing. Um, and I don't know that it has anything conclusive to say about it or necessarily even questions that it leaves you with so much as like, what did I just watch? So I don't know. I, I said this in the pre-show chat that I feel like this movie is much more about like an inter like a, a dialogue that the filmmaker is having with herself and kind of just sort of asking us to bear witness to. And I kind of feel like she owes me a Venmo. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of hoping by the end of this conversation, I'll have somewhere to land because right now I'm just like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Love it. Ariel. Yeah, I mean. I didn't like it. <laughs> I love how concrete that was. <laughs> there are certain things about this that I can appreciate, especially in some of the satire around how far down the rabbit hole they get. We can talk about it more specifically later, but there are a couple of moments where I was like, oh, that's actually pretty clever. But I don't think I really liked the whole thing together. And I agree that Rachel and I talk about this on the More Deadly podcast all the time. We love women behaving badly. We love when they're transgressive, when they're shocking. But here it sort of felt like much to do about nothing. Like it didn't end up meaning anything. And I don't think the themes and messages of this movie come together. I think they're fairly incoherent at the end of it. Mm -hmm. And that bothered me. I also realized that the acting style in this movie is likely intentional, but to me it read mostly as bad acting. Wait, is and this I what know... you guys were, is this the phrase you guys were talking about pre-show? Something core? What phrase? Bimbo core? No, no. That <laughs> <is totally laughs> okay, never mind. No. Scratch that. I think this probably falls under like mumble core a little bit, maybe, <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, it just the acting style and the, the awkward stilted dialogue just didn't work for me. I didn't enjoy that part of it at all. And I don't know what I took away from it. I don't think I totally understood the ending of the movie. Maybe you guys can help explain that to me. But yeah, ultimately, I think this left me a little cold in the end. I admire that by the end, you were still trying to make sense of it. <laughs> I kind of just let it wash over me. Right. That might have been the for better be way to for better it, honestly. Worse. Don't engage. Don't engage. Yeah. Just All right, Casey, what do you think? Well, I'll be the first to admit this movie 
largely flew over my head. I by the end of it, I was in the what the hell did I just watch camp? <laughs> There's a lot Casey's of things like, going excuse on. Excuse me, here. ma'am, I'm a Gen Xer. I don't know what the exactly. hell you're talking about. <laughs> so basically what I'm saying is I am not the target audience for this movie. And that's okay. I don't have to be the target audience of every movie. I think this movie, I mean, th- for these girls going out and making this movie and getting it done from beginning to end is, you know, I commend them for it. And they did do some transgressive stuff. And there's are bits and pieces that I liked out of this. There are bits and pieces of this movie that made me profoundly uncomfortable not knowing what we're coming into. I'm just sitting there going, oh, my God. I'm glad Colleen went to bed. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have gotten that big in trouble. She's not that bad. They, uh, <laughs> but it just didn't connect with me. And like Ariel was saying with like some of the dialogue and how it's stilted and stuff like that. I just had, I could not connect to any of the characters. I just didn't really get them. And so I got the, I got the highlights, the outline form of the plot and what was going on with the Epstein stuff and whatnot. And maybe some satanic stuff and maybe a pentagram and New York city, yada, yada. There's just nothing else there for me that grabbed me. And for me, it was just kind of fell to the wayside pretty quick. Love it. Casey, can I tell you that your hair is starting to look like Vigo the Carpathians? And I like that. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty killer. Uh, Schnars. Yeah. I mean, I can't strongly refute anything (laughs) that anyone has said. I'm so excited to hear John's opinion. I kind of love this movie. Nice. I love it. I'm just... I don't know. If all like, I did by bringing this to BGH's attention is titillate you, Schnars, I think I won. <laughs> but here's the thing. So, I mean, A, I think my tolerance for um, just like things that are just completely not, nonsensical strong, because like some levels of nonsensical would drive me over the deep end. I don't know. Like I, I A, so I think aesthetically there's like some interesting stuff to talk about because these are young people making a movie that is very much trying to be like uh there's giallo influences there's sort of like a lot of like 70s horror influences so like i like that i like that there is a like healthy respect for sort of like there is a vision for what this movie should look and feel like and they they sort of executed against it um it feels organic like it like the way these people behave whether or not their acting is good and and other than Dasha, I think the other two, it's either like their first movie or in some cases it was like the first IMDb credit that I saw. Uh, in, in I think Madeline Quinn, maybe she had been in like a short or something. But so they're not like professional actors in the same way that like a lot of other movies we see are. Um, but this felt like it, I don't know, there was like an organic quality to it. It there, just, there was, it goes yeah. so <clears throat> fucking off the deep end. It does. And I came in knowing so little about it. I, I don't know. I just like, I, I very much appreciated going for a ride that look, as soon as they brought up Epstein, I like groaned. I was like, Oh man, I can't believe this is a fucking it's, Epstein it's movie. It's pretty bizarre. The whole, the whole yeah. idea of it, but honestly, then like, I, well, then I realized like it's a comedy. It's basically a comedy. I mean, it's a black comedy, whatever you can call it, whatever you want. Like look, I was the whole, like angle. I was at angle. several times look like looking around the room to no one and being like, is it, is this, is this a comedy? Like this is like I, <laughs> no, but Eric, like you mentioned, like wanting to see this in the theater. Like I, I, no, there's not many people I would have wanted to see this with. Cause like, what I said is that I wanted to see it in a theater of Zoomers so that I knew how to react to it. So yeah. I knew what but I was supposed I, but to simil- like, do. There were moments where I think I was texting you guys while I was watching it because I was legit. Like I can't. 
believe what is happening right now. <laughs> so I don't know. Like, look, it's not it's not like a perfect movie. It's not even like a great movie necessarily. I it made me like think and feel things that like a lot of movies we watch don't make me think and feel anything. Like I'm just like bored. You know, th- we could run down the like shitty movies we've this watched. Is so, I love Th- this. I'm, I'm, I love this that you were. So I was just this. engaged in a way yeah. that I have not been, and I, and I felt challenged. Let's say in a Here's way that I'll I had say. not necessarily There's felt challenged. There's no point at which this movie fully lost me. There were definitely some moments I checked out, but it kept bringing me back with something weird, and I'd be like, "Okay, well, I, okay, keep going." Well, and it's made for. I didn't see a number, but I have to imagine the budget is like <laughs> micro budget. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. So. I think I'm. Is, is that all, Schnars? I don't want to. Yeah. You. Look, I, there's like a lot of things we. Can I think talk I'm about. pretty I'll in the middle of everyone here. I'll tell you what, like, kept intriguing me about it before we watched it was the stills I had seen. They looked so 70s, but in an actually like pretty authentic way. And I really loved the cover art. It just was different. There was something different about all all of the marketing presentation, and then that kept kind of drawing me into it. It's really funny if you go read like extremely polarizing shutter reviews. Like one will say like one star stupid. And then the next one will be like five stars. This is fucking brilliant. And you're like, though you're always going to get something interesting with a movie like that. You know well, what I, mean? I was shocked. I think I texted you all. That's when I first texted and was like, well, how did you pick this movie? Because <laughs> I feel like everything on shutter has like four and above. Like yeah. there's so few things on Shutter that anyone's like yeah. willing to say. Yeah, but there's a about. real. I also this is find, like two stars. There's a real generational divide on Shutter too. If you really like sit with Shutter reviews, you go to something like some classic slasher, and you see all of us, all all of us old fogies being like, "This is the best one. This is where like Jason does this." And then like somebody who's clearly a lot younger would be like, "Yo, this is stupid. Why do people like this?" Like I think it was the burning. <laughs> I saw a bunch of bad reviews on. I'm like, "You get the hell out of here." But my uh, here's what I liked about this. I loved how it looked. It, it, they kind of really nailed. I mean, there's some post-processing affecting stuff going on, but it's like in a weird way, it visually reminded me, not like the stuff happening in the frame, but the way it's shot of like a Frank Henenlotter movie, like yes. of like Basket Case or something, mm. or Brain Dead. I was era. exactly what I was going to say. Maybe Brain Dead era, Basket Case. Where like the camera's never quite locked down all the way, and there's some weird zooms and cuts, and like it's got a heavy 16 millimeter grain to it, and like a really washed out color palette, mm-hmm. and like some start, like stark lighting. Uh, I really enjoyed that about it. And I'm with you, John. It goes off the rails at some point, and you're like, all right, dude. So I'm, it's only an hour 20. Like, this will be over soon. So I might as well. Yeah, it is short. Sure. <laughs> but that runtime. It did. It made me feel aggressively old. It, like, it's, it's so obtuse as to make me question if I'm too old to even understand it. And that triggers my like latent fear of getting old. So like, I don't know where my issues. That's the scary 60 yeah. I, Yes. It gave me the scaries. That's right. But I, so I, in other words, I'm not entirely sure where my oldness and this movie's obtuseness actually lies. Like there's a, I'm probably bringing it farther in the I'm old camp than maybe. Like, I think this is an intentionally obtuse movie honestly. And like, that's fine that people can do that. But I did, to me, the best part of it is the character, the roommate character with the boyfriend, 
pretty much everything she does from the point that she gets possessed on is some like, I don't know that brave is the right word, but it's some real bold acting. Like it is fully self-conscious. It's fully un. Yes. That's a really good way to put it. Like physically unselfconscious. I'm not just talking about being naked, just like the freedom of the way she's moving of just fully letting herself go and embodying what that character is supposed to be going through. I was like, wow, that's I was genuinely impressed by it. And it's also just bananas in a very, um, 70s like exploitation movie kind of way uh there's a weird and now actually hearing you rachel describe this sort of movement kind of behind it like some of that makes more sense to me now than it did in the moment i was almost like kind of shocked Mm -hmm. by it uh but it has sort of a punk rock uh, you know 70s grindhouse kind of vibe to it and I was mm-hmm. kind of into that. I did super duper hate every person in this movie. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. And that's oh, yeah. definitely my reflexive, yeah. like, old person kicking. Like, in particular, this, the taller roommate with the brown hair is, like, the worst human being ever to live. And <laughs> I was a little annoyed that I wish Rough in a movie with Epstein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, that's fair. I wish that the movie gave me some explanation as to how slash why the two of them are even friends or roommates because this this taller roommate person is awful to her. Like, it's just mean and nasty and awful. And there's not even a single moment where you're like, oh, okay, like, they're kind of messed up, but I kind of get why they're friends and they have this attachment. That's not there. Like, there's no understanding to me whatsoever why they and, yeah, and I mean, she explains to Addie that part of it is because she used to have a trust fund that she had access to and would pay for everything. Right. So, so it kind of seems like that's the only that reason way, she's And this is interesting. It reminded me of another New York City thing that also make me feel made me feel old, but I watched all of because I wanted to understand it, which was Girls. And oh, uh-huh. Girls is a show mm-hmm. with aggressively mm-hmm. mean, unlikable characters that for me was literally impossible to relate to and I couldn't look away from it and I watched all of it. But there's a Mm -hmm. very similar vibe here. Um, John, do people in New York City like each other? Do they ever connect? Like, (laughs) is it literally just this like completely disconnected (laughs) you state of awfulness? It foreign to me. (laughs) Yeah, that's that's frightening, dude. Even in that scene in this movie, they didn't seem that close. John, (laughs) which scene is that scene? Because there's like four. John, just to let you know, if you'd like to call me once a week and just have me say nice, affirming things to you, I would totally do that for you. If it would help you get out of your your bubble. I was going to make a joke about that's why I had kids, but they don't (laughs) say nice things to me ever. So So it was not quite like young person obtuse enough to fully turn me off, but I definitely had a lot of moments where I was like, Man, like I wouldn't have finished this if it wasn't for the show, but I'm glad I did because mm-hmm. it's a it is a ride in a certain way. So that's how I feel about it. A little conflicted, I guess. Yeah, it's a little like Tatane in that way. Not that I'm comparing the two movies, but where it's yeah, just like. <laughs> okay, sorry, yeah, right, but like, well, to, I mean, but Tatane is like, even though I found that movie, that's a movie that sort of dares you to like it in a similar way. Mm-hmm. It's like here's mm-hmm. the most messed up thing you've ever seen, and everybody's weird. F- figure yeah. this out. But that is a finely crafted, like gorgeous oh, movie. Yeah. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. and this isn't obviously intentionally very stripped down and done very cheaply, but like, there's still to me a lack of like real artistic vision, kind of. And maybe, listen, maybe that it, maybe they're really hardcore going for that, like, um, old school run and gun, like, 
low budget style, in which case then I can't, I can't fault them for that. But, you know, I know that everything outdoors was stolen. You know, they did not do any permitting, anything like that. And so that's, that's some of probably what you're saying. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's apparent. I mean, I think you need to be a little gentle with yourself in terms of this meaning that you are basically dust in human form. Um, because <laughs> can you call I already cool. thought that about can you call about my, it. Uh, <laughs> oh, is this where we're going to tell them how we really feel? Yeah. <laughs> that, I'm going to take a note no, here from my therapist. He told me to be, um, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, at, at its core, this movie is about, is like about fully ado. So like, I think you're meant to feel like this is insane. Right. Like she's trying to kind of communicate that feeling of mania and going down the rabbit yeah. hole. So if you feel a little she like I cannot connect, that's maybe a good sign. She does do it. Yeah, that's a good thing, right? Is it, so it's, you're saying it's <laughs> you're saying it's bad that John thought this was chill and cool. Is what you're saying? <laughs> it was chill. I was hanging out. I I mean, it's so really interesting these myself. scenes where they are going down the rabbit hole, and it's just like it's so on the nose of like. And this number is like, if you had this number and this number together, that means this. And that's like, blah, blah, blah. And yeah. But they're also act, they are acting manic. Like they're doing it pretty well and doing drugs. Well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I think that's one of the better parts of the movie or the part that I enjoyed more were the moments where they made these crazy connections and the conspiracy, right? It's like, oh, all these blocks are five block or all these addresses are five blocks apart right. and there are five points on a pentagram. Yeah. And that means that. <laughs> and it's just, it's so ridiculous how far a stretch it is to connect these things, but that yeah. is how people get when they're really far down in a conspiracy hole. Yeah. And, and they, it doesn't take any convincing. Sorry to cut in. Yeah. No, no, like the girl it. says, no, there's five p- p- points right. on the pentagram. The other girl's like, I realized, oh, I realized, big Q energy. Maybe, oh yeah. Like, yeah, exactly. Know. And even when they do that, bonkers scene which i'm sure we'll talk more about where Be she more is specific. doing a demonstration about how epstein died trying to uh, prove uh, the point that he couldn't have killed himself but then almost kills herself in doing it the other woman has to cut her out of it and then she's insane. like see he couldn't have died that it's, way that's like, my favorite scene in the whole movie <laughs> yeah that's, that's, that's the funniest funny, scene in the movie yeah. it's like fear yeah. street it's like fear street where with like um zero evidence they're like okay you have to die and then we'll bring you back to life. It's going to work. <laughs> right. Don't worry about it. We got this for teenagers. That, that, no, that, I loved that. how the other girl was going to let her die. Too. Like Madeline is standing there, there just kind of like. You know, it's, uh, it's That scene was one of the hardest, most uncomfortable for me because we're watching this. There's this girl choking herself and pretty much like a, looks vaguely similar to a skirt girl uniform. Young girl. Colleen's going to come out to get something out of the fridge. It's going to be like, what the hell what? are you watching? Because well, it kept they, going. Oh, yeah, there's some scenes in here. they filmed it to almost look like yeah. a porn movie. Because yeah. the, the way, like her spit and the way it's focused in her face as it's happening, as she's being this. choked. You shouldn't watch I think that was all so intentional right. to make you feel very uncomfortable. Yeah. It worked. I, I think <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've exactly. actually never seen a porn movie, so I'll just take your <laughs> word on that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's interesting, um, like, it's 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 interesting we've that We've read it's... your journals from Duke, John. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if this is... Um, like just indicative of where we are as a culture cross with like where films are, but it's, I guess I'm realizing it's a little hard for me to watch a movie in 2021. That's not signaling to, to me what the filmmaker wants me to think about what's happening. And I, when I say that out loud, I'm like, boy, I really should just be able to take something in and not need that. But it's like, it's almost like I'm so sensitive about where we are, are culturally that it's like, I feel, I kind of am like looking for that voice a little bit. And it's, and that's what is, I guess, what makes this an interesting film is that there's no, there's no guiding voice. 
There is no morality. There's nothing telling you what to think about what's happening. It's just presenting yeah. it to you. I mean, I don't know that I need a filmmaker to like hold my hand through figuring it out. Rachel, you referenced uh, Titan. I think that's a movie where it does not hold your hand. You have to really kind of do the work to figure it out. But the filmmaker's intention is clear in the way that it was filmed and written and acted. And here, I think some of that messaging is just absent. And whether that's intentional or not, I didn't care for it because of that. You know, yeah. right. I mean, and I if think, you mix, if, sorry, Rachel. Go I was ahead. gonna say, I mean, and if you're going to invoke uh, Je- Jeffrey Epstein, <laughs> like maybe have somewhat of a point of view. You don't have to right. hold my yes, hand, but like exactly because those possession scenes, I felt confused by them. I appreciate the sort of shocking, transgressive nature of like the masturbation scenes and stuff, especially the fact that they, you know, filmed this outside without permits. I mean, that's a a big swing, right? Yeah, but. <laughs> I don't understand having her possessed by a victim, but then that that victim that she's possessed by is like crazy horny for these old men that abused her. Right. I just found it unless it's not possession and like unless it's not possession. But even if it's not possession, possession, I still think trauma. I have the same problem with it. I don't know because I feel like if it was trauma from her from her past, and this is her going through some kind of episode where she's working that out, I could have used some indication that that's what we were visually seeing. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if you think about this, like, like as a possession film, I feel like you might be able to eke some meaning out of the idea that like the white magic part of this is about, conspiratorial thinking and pharmaceutical drug use mm-hmm. that's that's i mean i'm reaching you're reaching i appreciate this also but that i'm trying <laughs> i'm are also you, taking big swings go ahead i'm using that same ariel's same train of thought though you could maybe extrapolate that it's more of the energy of what happened in those places that possesses mm-hmm. her than anything yeah. that would explain the horniness that's because a little what, that kind of stuff's going on that's a little what i was kind of thinking that maybe yeah like it tri- the the it's just turned into a bad place from its association something yeah well, that makes see sense, but i yeah. think the but i, I do think there's enough references to her. Well, but uh, I'm saying earlier, and but what I'm like, saying yeah, is like selected the location. Like I, I, I don't know. I oh, actually mean, have like I less of an idea about what to make with Addie. I think the framing of Dasha, the, the filmmaker as effectively the main character, especially because she's the one spoiler alert, yeah. who's left at the end mm-hmm. is the thing that matters. And like, that's where, you know, Rachel, you kind of brought this up and she even like talks about it in the interview, but my read was that this was like kind of just them like working through all this shit. Like, mm-hmm. be look, I'm I'm not a young woman, but like being a young woman and like having to like read about and and you all can speak to it. Like reading about Epstein is like probably different for some, you yeah. know, and like yeah. having like known that. The, I mean, I, like I never had to experience sexual violence or or even like the threat of sexual violence and like or like the kind of you know that he was yeah. doing. So she like that's the, the film is like her processing some of that in just like kind of a bonkers way. Like that's mm-hmm. I I agree that it doesn't 100 percent hang together or at least like my inter- like I don't have an interpretation that hangs it all together. But like that was what I walked away from it is like, whew, like she she was dealing with a lot, you know, in thinking yeah. through a lot of this stuff. I think I'm landing yeah. on an opinion <laughs> that actually kind of per- put some things in perspective for me. That was helpful. Thank you, John. I like this idea of like, like she's processing 
potential trauma of her own and like her own sort Mm -hmm. of, you know, manic feelings, which are so full of fear. And so it's messy. Well, okay. and I, look, That's I would argue now like, in some ways it's she's worth pointing out like cultural trauma, right? Like yeah. you could, like, yeah. this is where like Epstein is indicative of like, you know, patriarchal, like sexual violence that like yeah. every woman is exposed mm-hmm. to. I would raise and, the question. And this is where, like the Anglophile shit, sorry, really quick. The Anglophile shit is like comes in here because what is that? Like people obsessed with the Royals. Like it's very, it's weird. Yeah. Like, I took that more. I don't know, whatever. Right? Of, That's uh, fine. Like people can I get took the Anglophileness <laughs> more from the Epstein connection. Because well, of well, yeah. Prince Andrew, right? Obviously, yeah. obviously. But, yeah. but like, she in, took like, it to a different, there was a different yeah. level that I, they were commenting on here. For I, sure. I do like that sort of thought about it. I wonder how you get there without the context of reading an interview from the filmmaker. And sometimes well, I, didn't, movies I, I didn't read with. the interview. Like I, that was just something Rachel. But you had the like, benefit of Rachel telling you that. If right. you had watched yeah. it without Thank any you, context, <laughs> would you have been able to figure it out? I don't oh, think sorry. I would have been able to. Yeah. That was my yeah. that was my interpretation yesterday. I'm <laughs> like, the interview confirms like sort of well, again like you know why because to... you're on this messed up New York wavelength. That's why. I mean, <laughs> that's part of it. No, but like it, like I said, it it mostly comes back to the fact that like yeah. she's the one who survived. So you kind of have to take her mm. like re- even though she's not presented as the main character originally. That's what's a little bit of a yeah. I mean, the whole fucking movie is confusing in a lot of ways. But like, yeah. if you if you land with that and you're like, okay, what is she saying? She also wrote and directed the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. And look, the ending of the movie. The le- <laughs> yeah, can know. we talk about the what do we think is happening here <laughs> with the end of the movie? With, with the, the piano note man who's the... also like the landlord or something. What what was that? So I don't know what to say. Yeah, like I. I, it was more the note piece where it's like, oh, all right, like there really is the, like basically the whole end of the movie is like there is a conspiracy. Yeah. And I don't know. I like and the roommate was in on it all along. Is that well, what we're meant to take away from it? Seemed I, like thought it. So, yeah. Yeah. I thought so, yeah. I thought so, yeah. Well, Addie was definitely in on it, right? Like Yeah. And Dasha isn't their friend. Like she shows up randomly to their house. Mm-hmm. So she was trying she was investigating and she like found something real and then is like warned off at the end yeah but was noel in on it the whole time because the way she interacts with the piano guy where she's like yeah I, it's you know like, i did it i thought well, she was. Says, how do you feel i feel young like yeah. what i was like yeah, yeah, is that, this uh, like a skeleton key thing that's happening here i don't understand <laughs> yeah. what's going on i thought she was um in on it the whole time yeah and i also yeah. thought that was some kind of weird like uh like because earlier in the film we see the other character sort of role playing that she's like young like too young and so that to me was that same thing because I thought immediately after she said that I thought they were going to start getting into some business but then he's just like gets uh, up and yeah. walks away and look like the the conspiracies that they reference I mean because it's not like the Jeffrey Epstein conspiracy they tie in the Clintons and Pizza Gate and like if you believe those conspiracies, like literally everyone is in on it. Like there's no one that's not like the only people who aren't are like the people reading like part of my beef with this movie blogs or whatever. Part of my beef with this movie is like, and I, I've been, there's old episodes of BGH where I'm joking. We're all joking about conspiracy theories. And it's like, I just can't joke about it anymore. Like it's too, (laughs) yeah, yeah. It's too real. And I know too many stupid people and like, I just can't, I can't do it anymore. So there were episodes of you enumerating your favorite conspiracy theories, but they were like the cute ones, like the Denver airport and like (laughs) chemtrails and shit. Like, no, it was like operation. What was, Oh man, what was the one? It was one where like they were going to take over a whole town or something. I don't know. The false flag. But yeah, that was something else. 
That and was starting. That was when we were like edging into the like. It's just, yeah. that I can't we do it anymore. Now. And that's where so. those are the moments where I'm like, when I see a movie like this, I want the filmmaker to tell me like, are you making fun of these people? Or are you like, and I couldn't suss it out. I couldn't figure it out. I don't think so. <laughs> yeah. Having listened to the podcast, I don't think so. Yeah. Well, oh, like, really? Then I have a problem with that. So. See, not I, listen. I, they can't, I, I go ahead and make the movie. Even the podcast, I think, is make, performance art. Is some of that for sure. Make for your sure. movie, so, do your sure. thing. But like, yeah, there's something at the core of this that's like confusing to my brain that I'm I don't like. Yeah. It's on yeah. Succession. Listen. She plays like a very normal person. Like she's actually like a decent actress who can like carry a normal character. Oh yeah, she's a, great on Succession. Yeah, yeah. She, I will like, say I think won a SAG award maybe with the rest of mm-hmm. them for season three. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's one of the most um, confounding movies we've done in a while, and I think pretty. Right well, that's what I love about it. It's like, yeah. I don't like, you know, we watched like The Seed or whatever the hell it was like two weeks ago. It's like, oh, <laughs> fuck this, baby. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know. Honestly, I still didn't fully get the movie, but like the revelation that Rachel had after John's explanation, that does put it in a different light for me. Mm-hmm. For yeah. sure. Yeah. I, here, all I would say, and like you guys can tell me I'm being like overly uh, enthusiastic, but like I'm more excited for whatever her next star movie is than like a lot of other directors. So we've, you know, like she like s- some other next crazy thing. Like, yeah. let's sign me up. Like, I don't agree with yeah. that statement, but I hear you, John. And yeah. I I, something in me just chafes against the edgy lordiness of it all. <laughs> I it don't is, know. I, I, is, I like it more than when I got on the phone today, but edge lord is the perfect. <laughs> yeah. Perfect it <laughs> it's funny yeah. because we had Rob Zombie trying to do like the edge lord. Like he was doing it. 20 years right. ago. This, this is what it looks like, like. This is what it like looks like. Somebody who really gets it. This is what know? it looks like now, John. You know, be what it means to be an edgelord, John, changes by where the edge is. Yeah. Which yeah. is constantly mm. changing. Well, and look, like someone, I, maybe it was Casey referenced trauma earlier. Like there's a little bit of like that aesthetic, not, not it's kind of the but punk like rock that, aesthetic, though. Yeah. That comes that, with exactly. It. Right. And like the fact that they shot this thing the way they shot it, like one of, the problems with the Rob Zombie movies is like he's got too much money. I'm like they yeah. look too good. <laughs> he got permits for that shit. <laughs> yeah. John, so. you mean to tell me you're not excited about the Rob Zombie Monsters movie that's happening? Hey, it actually got a PG rating. Uh, oh, really? Weird. That is weird. Maybe I mean, PG thirteen. I may be wrong on that. But the pictures of the makeup art. and costumes looked pretty cool, yeah. but it's still actually, Rob Zombie, so you're never cool. With it. Is Sherry Moon in it? Of yes. course. She's Lily. Who's the monsters? It's mom? actually kind of perfect. Lily. It's like um, Lily. She's Lily. It's like I don't I have nothing against the monsters, but I have zero attachment to them. So it's like two things I don't like, and they're just off in a corner away from me. And I don't have to think about it. <laughs> the so best thing that he's occupied got for it. I'm like, I can go to sleep at night and I know he's working on that for like the next couple of years or whatever. And then I don't have to. <laughs> he's busy. I don't have to worry about what The best what thing that's got me going up. on that movie is Dan Roebuck is a grandpa monster and he looks awesome. I do like. So I got high hopes for that. I love Daniel. The Elvira of it. Yeah, Elvira. A little cool bit too. interesting, but not yeah. that interesting. I love Daniel Roebuck too. I think, I do think that's pretty fun. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. All right. Uh, after our discussion now, do we st- agree or disagree with Schnarz's interpretation of what the title <sighs> of this movie is? I think Closer. that that, yeah, I, I I feel like that is probably accurate. I just don't know that everything was really accomplished in that movie that yeah. maybe she set out to accomplish. No, I'm just yeah, saying, saying what does perfect, the title but... mean? Like, what yeah. do we think the title means now? 
I, I still think I don't I actually don't think the title is that complicated, but here's why it's a bad title because because it doesn't form a real sentence, you can't remember it. Like you start saying it and you're like the scare the whatever, the scary of six like six six. You, you can't remember yeah. it. It's impossible. You know, it's funny because uh <laughs> Rachel talking about the interview where they said this was made during pandemic times. If they would have thrown in even a couple throwaway lines about them being in pandemic times, I think it would have made added a little bit more to the movie to have it in that setting and probably make sense of the the title more. Just because the scary of 61st is the scary of being stuck in your apartment in 61st Street and kind of going manic over it. And with the obsessions and mm. stuff, I think that probably could have been an easy fix there or made it well because I, I mean it's certainly for the clueless like me it would have made more sense but being yeah being trapped inside certainly sent a lot of people down some yeah. rabbit holes they might not have gone down otherwise uh you know what scene yeah. did make me laugh and then we'll wrap up here the um when she's first having sex with the boyfriend character and like first she's doing nothing and then she's kind of like oh like she just looks like she's starting to fake it and then she starts like She's like, yeah, I'm on a plane. And he's like, okay, oh, yeah, Mile Ma- Ma- High Club. And then she goes, no, it's a 747 chat. And he's like, well, what? <laughs> Made me laugh. That was good. That was good. I just liked him playing his game. He's like, I really got to concentrate on this game. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God. Like, he's playing that like weird sex game. Like, <laughs> so weird. This yeah. movie. He's so Those are the fucking... moments where the dark humor landed for me. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, it's like her podcast where I'm like, yes, yes, yes. No, no, and, no. Well, right. Because then that moment immediately turns to a place where you're like, oh, I'm not laughing at this anymore. No. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. What? I don't. I don't think that's how the, you know, royal memorabilia was meant to be <laughs> to be used. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, that spoon was for tea. <laughs> Would you recommend this, Rachel? Weirdly, to the right person, yes. Ariel? And I didn't know what I would have at the beginning. The needle moved. The needle moved tonight. I still think I'm a no. Love it. Ariel, I feel like we might be uh, like we have a connection in like just uh, I don't know what the word is um, <laughs> saying no to things <laughs> I don't know <laughs> just sometimes being like yeah no me that I have too many cons when it comes to movies so <laughs> <laughs> she always what? likes things more than I do usually <laughs> I think it's like it's like whether I'm an Ariel or a Rachel it just depends on my mood that night like <laughs> when I show up to the show uh, John what do you think I'm a yes Casey. I'm going to stick with no. Does that make me the tiebreaker? Yeah, yeah I think so. It does. Uh, considering the fact that I absolutely would not have finished this if it wasn't for the show, I'm going to say no. So there you go. All right, we won. If you want entertainment, though. <laughs> the no's have it. Okay. History will remember. If you, want enter- <laughs> if you want entertainment, though, go read the reviews on Shutter because it's a wild yeah. ride. I'm and I won't. Will- you would have dipped like when were you like and i'm done because i know when prince uh andrew was being rubbed on her crotch my boyfriend was like i'm gonna go do the dishes Um, (laughs) it was 20 minutes in it was putting me to sleep and i probably would have tapped out at that point like i just was like i was like i would have been out at the uh epstein test (laughs) (laughs) like nope fair Mm -hmm. so i didn't even get to any of the like salacious stuff i was just like nope like the whole thing i was like i'm out it does (laughs) i i actually agree with you eric it like starts slow there was 
it was a, there was like whatever it was one of whatever the first crazy thing that happens. I was like, oh, this is this kind of movie, not <laughs> the boring thing that was happening earlier. <laughs> right, like there's a moment in the third act where it really like really picks up. Like when it gets horror, oh, yeah. it's got some yeah, it's got some punch to it. Mm-hmm. All right, friends, let's take a quick break and do some fan mail. The mystery continues. playing at a theater near you. Hi, this is Daniel Roebuck from everything you've ever seen on television, and you're listening to Bloody Good Heart. Speaking of being old, John, I'm sleepy and my back yep. hurts. Ah, come on, big guy. Yeah, get you through. Casey, that was pretty serendipitous there. I, I pre-selected that Daniel Robach bumper before the show, just so you know. That was all. I like that. Yeah, because that was, that what, was do they nice. call, what do they call that? A synchronicity. Kismet. That's what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, John, a bunch of stuff going on at BGH right now um hey, can we just say while we're doing the email and the twitter and all no x spoilers for those of us who haven't seen it yet got it yeah just pre-filter i know okay. that's gonna be hard for you but you yeah know, I, don't, I don't think there's any x related questions anyway okay um yeah. we we got this week the final design from our artist john from slime and grime for the bgh uh patreon exclusive shirt john what's give us your review here sexy <laughs> i like amazing yeah i can't remember if it was email or t- text but uh, there's there's a version where he calls out some of the the easter eggs yeah i sent you guys that one that yeah. has all the little references in it and stuff it's mm-hmm. like it's very like cool. uh jam-packed with detail so the next yeah. step is i got to do a test print and just see how it comes out from t public and then we'll, we'll be off to the races john so if you're a patron the- keep an eye out for that T-shirt yeah the horror nerds real. <laughs> yeah yeah Great show. We might be able to sneak in. Maybe. We'll see. Can, I get, can I get a sneak peek? <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'll send it to you guys right now, actually. Um, oh. Okay. So, yeah. Just, so gotta ask. just a quick. So. I've been uh, talking about this in the show, but just a quick reminder that if you sign up to be a patron, John, I did two weeks ago. I updated all the tiers just with kind of what was the current situation was, just have it be a little more accurate. And, Everybody has access to that BGH Patreon feed where you're getting classics and also um, early release episodes. So 
I'm hearing the West Coasters we're not are the digging best. the early yeah. release episodes because they're they could they come out like Thursday afternoon. Even three hours earlier, yeah. yeah. Um we're not I look, we should just we can call a spade a spade. We we're not the best stewards of Patreon, but I salute you, Eric, in listen kind of getting us to a, a better health john and i it's been a long time john and i had some it. meetings this summer and we talked about it and we're like okay we need to just get stuff updated make sure we had all the offerings kind of on point seeing what else we can do for people it's a thing we're still working on now that we're sort of like we are now where we had envisioned we'd be at this summer when we talked about ishnar so like we're hoping to now i'm, I'm gonna force john to have more meetings with me and we can going forward have some more. <laughs> now, what we're hoping to do now that everything's kind of short up is to have some like more long term goals for it. So, um, you know, thanks to everybody who's supporting us, and and you guys are amazing, and the reason why we're still doing this. So, thank you. Uh, so yeah, Patreon.com/slash Bloody Good Horror, and I like to just I've been because I don't know if people know I've been trying to keep reminding people that this. Um, at the Belial level, you get access to this live stream every week. Um, and these links never die, much like Jason or Freddy or any of your favorite <laughs> slasher characters. The, uh, like you can go back to those Patreon, uh, notes and click on like a show from like a year ago and watch the live stream. It'll still be there on YouTube. So check it out. What's the live stream, John? And you get the pre-show. You can hear us talk about whatever the hot topic that week is. Bambo core. Pimbo core. What was that about? <laughs> like I just I walked in on that conversation. Yes, <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> It'll dark you out. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, Casey. Uh, oh, we have an email actually. I'm sorry. Um. This is fascinating, John. I thought you might know the answer to this. I don't. I'm, uh, this they'll probably never hear it because I guarantee they don't listen to the show. Is it is it about the Upper East Side? Because then I definitely will. This is from uh, A. D. Greer. No, it's not even. He, this guy doesn't listen to BGH. I think he. These are the, these people who Google our website and they see horror and they think we're Mister Horror, and so they send us an email. It says, "My name is A. D. Greer. I'm a filmmaker living in Wisconsin. I'm writing an investor packet for an ultra low budget zombie movie. I'm directing mm-hmm. in the fall." It's about an alcoholic who gets stuck at her first AA meeting when the zombie apocalypse starts. I was, you shouldn't just go telling your your thing like that. Um, <laughs> I was wondering if you could point me in the right direction of a resource that lists comparable zombie horror movie budgets and their box office distri- slash distribution deals so I can add those numbers to my investor packet. Thank you for your awesome content, by the way. Oh, he is a listener. It's such a great resource. Well, mm, it's such a great resource to find. <laughs> listen, Rachel, you tell you re- listen to this paragraph. You tell me if this person, if this is like just what they send everybody. Thank you for your awesome content, by the way. It's such a great resource to find movies I would never know about without you. Cheers. I don't want to like this person could be like a real BGHer, but that sounds a lot like things I've put in emails to fifty people. <laughs> Yeah, but I, I thought this was an interesting question. Get Mailchimp energy out of this. <laughs> Mailchimp. I thought this was an interesting question, John, which is why I bring it up. Like the only place that I know that lists budgets like reliably is Box Office Mojo, and they would also have like rev like what movies made. I don't know about distribution deals. Like, presumably this this person is talking about like comp movies. And if you're talking about like these ultra low budget what do you things, mean, comp movie? what does that mean? What are you saying? Like he's, he's trying to come up with a budget for a low budget zombie movie. And he wants to know what other low budget zombie movies cost. 
the only way you really are going to know that I don't think look, there may be researchers I don't know about, but you got to like look up people who you get IMDb Pro. IMDb, you look up the the name of the producer for IMDb a movie Pro, yeah. that you know, and you then reach out to that producer and you're like, hey, I'm trying to make a movie. Can you just tell me what you spent on it? Right. You need um, to you need to find a comparable movie that looks about the size slash scope that you can pull off. Right, and then deconstruct yeah. it go backwards like john said but try to find the, like this is where in. like because if it's really low like, budget though those people are probably gonna be willing to talk to you as well I probably would guess, if they're not you know. i mean but this is also where like there's like professional film i mean like you go to film school to like learn how to put these budgets together to for a certain to a certain extent because it, you know well, but it's john, hard. You don't, like you don't have to go to film school to make a movie though that's a no you don't i'm trying but, to help this gentleman like, there's john, not not telling me you should go there, to film school <laughs> no, but I'm saying like, the, like this knowledge doesn't exist any like reliable place. I don't know by like making a movie for dummies, the book. I bet there's like a shitload of like. Here's what you're gonna comps do. In there. You're gonna go to Amazon right now, and you're gonna buy make your own damn movie by Lloyd Kaufman, and you're gonna <laughs> skip go. to the oh, God, you're gonna hours. skip you're gonna skip to the chapter where he discusses that on every one of his movies. He feeds them leftover government cheese and bread that's been thrown out from supermarkets. So they have cheese sandwiches every day for every meal and cannot figure out, never figured out if this was real or not, but that he makes people, when they're on location, there's no bathroom, people poop in paper bags. <laughs> so, Well, if all they're eating is old cheese sandwiches, there's probably not a, poop, a lot of poop. Well, that's, going the, right, that's, that's the, the adva- problem that has solved itself. That's the advantage. <laughs> He's not, the, he's not making SAG movies. Let's just put it that That's way. the advantage of the <laughs> cheese exactly. of the cheese sandwich, Casey Right, It's binding. It's going to have a binding effect mm-hmm. on your crew. <laughs> yeah. Uh, especially if we you go with, go with the white bread. That's a, no less fiber. That's my recommendation because you don't, you know, that's a problem. <laughs> a lot of good advice on the show tonight. <laughs> you just saved this young man. <laughs> but no, man, I read that movie. Tens of dollars. I read that movie or that book, Make Your Own Damn Movie, when I was in college. Like, kind of not knowing what I wanted to do. I was definitely, you know, I feel like every horror nerd at some point was like, I'm going to be a horror filmmaker. And like, I definitely had that phase and I was like super inspired by that book. It's like half like hilarious joke and half real insight into how they make their movies. He did another one called produce your own damn movie, which actually John might be more for this particular question. Um, but does he offer numbers? Like, are there numbers in the yeah. book? That's my question. There, oh, from what well, I, there you from go. What you I just remember, answered this question. Why did you ask me? From what I remember, but the answer probably is like, I don't know, figure out how much money you can get and then make it for that much money. Like, that's the answer Lloyd Kaufman's wow. going to give yeah. you. But that's not a good way to put an investor deck together. I will tell you that. I do know who's a investing bit about, so. in Who's investing in low-budget zombie movies, John? Like, I mean, weirdos, uh, dude. Like, people weirdos. like yourself, potentially. Um, <laughs> with better you know. jobs. Yeah, that's yeah. True. well, that's definitely richer true. versions of Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Eric's with disposable income. What's that like? Yeah, know. or like trust funds. I mean, that's well, the other that's, uh, category. A dream I shall never achieve. But anyway, if <laughs> on the off chance that this person is actually a listener and is a big fan of our quote unquote content, please keep us updated because I'm actually very invested and interested in your situation. Send so. Eric your investor deck. Yeah. It, these movies are cheaper. Uh, you could sponsor the cheese, Eric. You could listen, you could do the government. Inflation's cheese. pretty bad right now, but I could uh, I'll break out a couple bucks. If you listen, you know what, John? I'm actually saying this right now. If this person is a BJH listener, I will send them twenty dollars. Like if they actually hear this <laughs> and get back to me, twenty dollars is yours, friend. So let's make it happen. Casey, don't miss your chance here to get a cinema fromage credit on the front of that movie. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I'll pay forty if you let me put cinema fromage in the box. You want you want a BGH presents? I'll will Amazon ship you some cheese right now. 
Also, and bread. Ah, jeez. Um, Caitlin from Kissimmee quotes John Schnars from an old episode. I didn't get the uh, I didn't get the um, number out of the subject because I was missing it. But she said uh, Schnars says we're in 1080p. All the P's. Are there even any more P's? Quote unquote. <laughs> <laughs> and then she calls us the flip phone of the podcast universe, <laughs> uh, which I don't know how to take that. Um, the other thing, John, I'm not even, we might be streaming in 1080, but I think it's upscaling. So I don't know. I'm going to not tell people that. I don't know that we're actually in 1080p's, John. Can someone, I assume someone can explain, what is the difference? Like 4K, is that like really 4K, like 1080 times 4? Yes. So like my... Okay. My, so they're rounding. My with that monitor, one, with the 4K. This, this computer monitor is 4K and it's massive. So like, I could fit four full 1080p like movies playing at the same time, like in this monitor. Yeah. Well, the thing that was confusing me is like, why did we stop using the P? But it's just because they were like, fuck. Because it's like too total, hard to say. It, no, no. It's four, all mar- it's all marketing because 4K is like yeah. four three two zero. I guess because no, because 1080 times four is over four thousand. So then I think they went 4K. Yeah. There did used to be a 1080i too. My first uh, yeah. HDTV was 1080i. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think hey, that's a whole thing. Yeah, and like if you're yeah. watching broadcast television, like a lot of that stuff is coming over interlaced and all that kind of shit. So unless you watch it on the antenna, and then you get it in full blown HD. And yeah, but it depends Bob's on your uncle. But it depends on where the program is coming from. Sometimes it's converted. Yeah. It's a whole thing. Like it's still a mess. Like I don't, you know. This is why when you go to your parents, they still have like. You remember the era of like they started making HD TVs, but none of the programming was in HD yet. So you'd go over to an old person's house and everything was stretched four by three out to 16. <laughs> oh, right. And everybody oh, was just kind of oblong. Yes. Like it was just like a little, like if you didn't know anything about video, you might not no- notice it, but you're going to be like, that's like off putting. What am I looking at right now? The and uncanny like, valley. Yeah. yeah. And you'd be like, yeah. no, 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 you I flip it back and you're like, this- you flip it back and it's like, no, no, you don't understand. Like this is being stretched. Like this is really with the thing. And they're like, no, but you're, it's smaller. And you're like, I'm going to jump out of a building. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> One more question on this topic. Ha- has any has anyone upgraded their Netflix? Because every, not every time, but like once a month, I, t- I start Netflix on my TV and it's like, hey, do you want to pay us more to get better HD basically? Like, No, I haven't seen it that. It seems like a scam. I've got some, I feel like yeah. I'm a scam. I haven't Man, seen I've that. I've got the 4K, but it's tied into having the family playing. Now, uh, what are you watching okay. it through, though? That's interesting. Like a what Ro- am I watching Like a Roku or something? Yeah, uh, well, it's TV. a Roku TV, yeah, is what I have. See, I'm so, using yeah. Chromecast, and I'm also like, I am ne- I, I never, I 0% of the time watch Netflix on a television. I'm on a computer screen 100% of the time with Netflix. My kids use the TV. Like, I don't use the TV, basically. Mm. Um, mm. I put them to bed, and then I use the TV. Or so, yeah. I'm, sometimes I will... If I'm using the TV, it's being used like I have. You'll like this, John. I bought a 40 foot HDMI cable, <laughs> and I sit with my laptop and I use the TV as like a second screen. I like, to show the I entire like uh, age like, width of the uh, BGH crew here. My kids are old enough. It's my TV. I'm going to watch whatever the hell I want. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. I'm in the I'm in the midst of like Netflix kids show hell right now. I don't know. I don't know if you've seen Miraculous, John. Yeah. 
But I could pretty much recite every episode word for word at this point, and it's the worst thing I've ever seen. I'm for, I'm familiar. Yes, it's pretty bad. You just got to give him an iPad and let him use that. I I'm very resistant to the to just handing my kid an iPad. I don't like it. Oh, well, then you know, watch Miraculous. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, Pick the poison. Where are we? Are we still on Twitter? Oh no, that wasn't that was on the email. So we're I'm all set. Uh, with email, Casey, as you may carry on. Info at bloodygoodhorror.com. All righty. We have two tweets out there this week. Uh, our hashtag is AskBGH. Use it, ask us questions. We shall answer any kind of questions such as this coming to us straight from down under. Our good friend Andy at HorrorFan4129. Which is better, baked cheesecake or fridge set cheesecake? The obvious answer, baked. I honestly don't. 100%. I'm not sure I could tell you the difference, but oh my gosh! <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm. I've never tested them side by side. I feel very gaslit yeah, by baked. these responses. Baked, <laughs> it's baked. Yeah, yeah no, baked is the. I mean, if, right? If you yeah. apply heat yeah. to something, it's always going to help with the flavor. Well, yeah, of course. Yeah, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna turn down a uh, fridge set cheesecake, but the baked's the better, better way to go. <laughs> yeah, I mean. For firmness reasons alone. Exactly. You gotta go baked. Miss right. Jello. <laughs> Alrighty. Yeah, it's a little pudding like, right? If you don't yeah. bake it. Yeah, it's very sad. There's nothing like expecting a delicious baked cheesecake and being handed a slice of I, I will <laughs> say <laughs> I will say as a um as a, a gluten challenged person. The cool thing about cheesecake is it's really a lot of places. It's really easy to just make it without a crust, and then you just have yeah, a cheese. Right. You just yeah. eat the actual thing that other people are eating, and that's pretty cool. Nice, nice. It doesn't have to All be right, like adult. Adul- I the other tweet here. Sorry, Eric. <laughs> I'm just going on about gluten. You can, you can. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> yeah, we've heard. We all got excited by cheesecake. It's all right. We understand. Our last one coming up here comes from good friend at Infowarf. Do you think Brock mm-hmm. Lesnar is scared of any horror movies? I get the feeling big old Brock can't hang with the big dogs when it comes to spooky stuff. He could suplex all day long, all day, but young Frankenstein probably makes him pee-pee his bed. <laughs> what? Young Frankenstein seems like a stretch, but... Yeah. Yeah. yeah no. the, the extent of my Brock Lesnar knowledge is just Googling him because I wanted to get the Candyman joke, so... <laughs> I can't really weigh on... Uh, in on his horror. I, would, that probably didn't I find it. Did it. I, find I just it, saw like a giant sword dick on a chest and was like, okay, I guess he'd beat uh, Candyman. I don't know. <laughs> I find it hard to believe that this is a human that watches movies, but I could be wrong. He's okay. he's starting to look because I saw a commercial. Is he in AEW now, Eric, or was he? No. Uh, he's back in WWE. No, no, is he's he all, all? He's all. There was WWE. some. There's some promo I saw on TV, and I was like, he's looking a little He's older. older. He definitely is older. But the thing is, I, I was about to go into like a 20-minute wrestling rap. I don't even watch wrestling. I just like follow it because I'm like fascinated by the business. He's like one of the few people of that era of like big stars that's still lingering around. And they're really, they sort of intentionally, Vince McMahon in particular, doesn't make big stars anymore because then he has to deal with them and pay them a lot of money. So the, the company now is basically designed to like- Savvy. The company now is basically designed to like, they just cycle people in now and nobody gets pushed to that level anymore. But the result is like, you still need the stars. So that's why every year they have to bring back like Goldberg, who's like almost 60 or something like that. Um, yeah. Because they're the, those guys from that last era are the only ones that still have the star power to like bring the money in basically. So that's where Lesnar just sits, is like sitting pretty. He comes back for a few months every year, makes a couple million dollars and then he goes back to whatever is like 
creepy ranch. Because The Rock even still comes back every once in a while. He just like that, did. Doesn't I think. He? I think he's coming back for WrestleMania. Yeah. I think they might be actually yeah. like wrestling each other. Late stage capitalism wrestling edition, dude. Yeah. <laughs> it's listen. Like I, I legit have not watched wrestling in like decades, but I'm, I'm so fascinated by the business. I like listen to podcasts about it, and there's a lot going on. It's a thing I've actually, you could be into. I've actually watched some since Peacock combined with the WWE Network. There's a couple of times because now you get all, if you have Peacock, you get all the pay-per-views for free. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. You're just running a streaming racket over there. Free <laughs> HD. Access to all the wrestling. Impressive. Is that it, Eric? Are we done? Or <laughs> I'm waiting on Casey. <laughs> Going out strong. Wait, wait, Eric. Are you done, Casey? Yeah, yeah. There are only two. Oh, I didn't know that. We can talk about cheesecakes more. I'm trying to real. I'm trying to real time reply to people on Instagram that are messaging us before I read them on the show. But that's oh, gotcha. That's good engagement. Great. Yeah. No. It's thank you. It's great for the pod. Multitasking. (laughs) Excuse me. Yeah. Uh, All right, old man. Let's First up, on. Instagram, <laughs> can you make the title make sense? I think we covered that one. The answer <laughs> yeah, is no. John is wrong. Uh, someone met, brought up maybe we should watch The Master instead, or just Master? I don't know. What is that about? Is that oh, about? yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Wait, mm-hmm. the, the Paul Thomas Anderson movie? Mm-mm. No, so, the new Mariama one. Diallo just came out with a horror movie. It's on Amazon Prime. Rachel and I got to interview her for the More Deadly podcast, and we're about to review it tomorrow. Can you give me the elevator pitch? It is about institutional racism in um, Ivy League schools by way of a haunting. Hmm. John, if you, it's quite. I'm sure I won't have to field any ridiculous comments (laughs) during that. (laughs) (laughs) John, if you ever hung out on her Slack, you'd know that Natalie had hosted this in the Watch and Chat channel on Sunday night. Oh, yes, that was was Natalie. They had a live uh, stream viewing of it. It's just just master. There's no the. This is a great question. Sorry, this is a great question. I'm excited for this Rorschach test. When you were a kid, what did you want to be or do when you became an adult? I wanted to be Indiana Jones real bad. <laughs> That's the best. I love that. Which movie? You know what, like the first thing I remember is I wanted to be a trash man because I loved that they got to hang on the back of the truck while I was driving I around. That, I, that is a cool guy. That. That, so cool. that is a cool guy so move. Cute. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I was going to be a spy. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Still might be. Did yeah. you well, feel that I didn't, but all I, I was a master at setting traps with the uh, roll of kite string because that's all I had when I was like six. It's <laughs> like trip your mom. Yeah. Yeah. My mom much. tells a story about one time when I, she was like cleaning the house and she went to pull a chair out from under the, from like the kitchen table and all of the chairs slammed into the table. And she was like, what the fuck? I had oh. under, while she was cleaning, I was under the table <laughs> tying all of the chairs together. <laughs> yep. What about you, Ariel? I wanted to be a private detective. I saw an ad on TV where you could send away for a course where you could become a private eye. And I spent a couple years begging my parents to let me do it when I was like seven years old because I thought that would be (laughs) the coolest thing. I could just go around and like solve murders all day. I love that. But, you know, it's tracks. I'm not uh, living the dream. This is so interesting. And I feel like. I have a therapy session in my future about this. I used to tell people consistently 
my whole, like from the time I was a little kid through my teenage years, alternatively that I wanted to live in a van on the beach. I had a hippie cousin that did that in the nineties. And I think I like very much idolized him. Like sure, they literally just like him and his like hippie kind of hippie girlfriend, like lived on a, in a van, drove up and down the coast and sold like little hippie tchotchkes they made. And like, then like would just like come stay with people and they didn't have money. Well, it's actually cool to do that now. Well, I was going to say I was way ahead of van life. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then I also tell people I just like would have wanted to find somebody with a lot of money and live in their couch. So Schnars, I don't know, we can still make this. Happen. <laughs> um, it's very How interesting. How much money qualifies as a lot? To I the guess, point where, like, question. you know, I'm not like what I, you know, I I went into a career at some point and I've had a decent amount of success at the career that I went into, and I've had experiences where I've gone back to like I've met teachers that I used to have, and they'd be like, oh, "What are you doing?" And I like tell them, they'd be like, "Literally, I had my," and a teacher would be like, "Like they were shocked that I had a job." I think. <laughs> Like, cause of what? And it was like that brought back for me all the shit I used to say when I was like a teenager. And I was like, man, they must be, they must have literally thought I was going to end up like a meth head in a like, corner somewhere. There's still time. <laughs> yeah. I, like, I know. Knock on wood. Let's see where the economy goes. I don't know. Who, who knows? Um, amazing. Uh, that was a good, that was a good probing question to get to know your podcast. Yeah. Sister. I like that. Yeah. Um, another one. Here's another good test. Did Epstein kill himself? No. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. Probably not. You're talking about the most, like. I'm going to say probably. I hate myself. Probably, yes. You're talking about the most, literally the most powerful people on the planet implicated by what this dude did. And like, he was in jail for like a week and like was just dead. Yeah. Like. There were names going to come out. And I don't know if it had like what they would have right. lined up with anybody's conspiracy theories, but they were names. All and, of them, probably. Yeah. <laughs> Literally all of it's them. It's crazy. My only counter to that is like he didn't destroy all the evidence before he killed himself. I mean, at least as far as I know. Like like Ghislaine is around. Like people yeah. could get to Ghislaine. Like she would have had to kill herself. Like and there's gotta be like shit written down somewhere. John, but know. like do you trust listen, John, but that guy's in jail. No, do you trust I don't that? feel strongly about it, this, by what the way. What I'm saying? Like, I let's say I John, don't have a strong opinion. John, let's I'm say for like, the sake of this thought experiment here mm-hmm. that you're a billionaire pedophile. Okay. Mm-hmm. You own an island. <laughs> hold on, hold on, I'm getting no into character. <laughs> now that guy goes in jail. Evidence or not, do you trust him? No, no, no. <laughs> like, no. But, like, no. I also, I don't think, I mean, like, billionaires have a lot of power. I don't, like, it's, it takes a pretty complicated conspiracy to think that he could have been murdered. I don't think so. You know how much I, it takes to pay off a prison guard? 50 bucks. Mm-hmm. Done. Yeah. But, like, I know a prison, prison guard. guards aren't good at, like, like hiding their money or, like, lying about things. No, like, that, I don't know. They're I, not a, always good at their job either. No, no, and that's be, why like, it was very, really, that's why, like, there's this really sloppy, stuff. like, there was, like, a big issue with like the who's on duty when it happened. There's like all this shit, John. Well, Follow the, the money got turned off. Is that's like a thing? I think. Yeah. yeah. Follow the money, John. So. The gargoyles on the buildings, the fifty five blocks away. <laughs> six, six, I six. would like to direct you to the pentagram again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Don't <forget to> <laughs> I. You know what's so funny? Like I I really from John. Was, yeah, you're right. In the middle of those you guys are right. It's right. hilarious because I deeply believe he was murdered, and I deeply hate I myself about the for feeling that way. Like, <laughs> see, it's created so much self-loathing in me that I feel that way, and I. That's how I feel. That's just it. I, yeah, I've just like given up. Like I'm like, look, I'm not. I'm never gonna know. I don't really care one way or the other. Yeah. 
I mean, um, I hope he's burning in hell. Like, just clear. Like, I want that. But <laughs> next question. Honestly, Go ahead. What are you going to say, I was going to say, honestly, but my opinion, I'm with John. I just wish if he did have names written down that they get him out there already so they can arrest these people and be done with it. Oh, yes. Yeah. New question. Oh, no, uh, this isn't a question, much a statement. We loved this movie. Saw it at a 24-hour marathon, and the crowd lost their shit. That's, like, if you're going to see it. That's I mean, interesting. If you're going to see it, that's yeah. a place where, like, a crowd that's are just... Yeah, but if you're at a 24-hour marathon, you're probably watching a bunch of shit anyway, and you're probably drunk. So you're just there. Like, you're there for the experience, and I think you could have a, you could have an experience with this movie at, like, a art theater. Yeah, I kind of feel like it's a little bit like The Room that way, you know? Like, yeah. a couple of drinks and watching it with a bunch of people is probably the most fun way to enjoy I it. it. Yeah. At some point, you're, like, already in a state of fever dream, and so then, like, the reality totally. testing feels totally <laughs> different, and you're like, yes, correct, yeah. this is the world. You got it. Um, last question, John. Prepare yourself for the end of the show. Okay, thank you. Do we need more Jeffrey Epstein-based horror? <laughs> nah, no. I don't know. It's wild. I wish I could put my finger on exactly what it is, but it feels unusual like highly unusual for to take like a subject of a recent news uh like story and make it the such an integral part to the movie like this i'm not even saying in a bad way there's something about it that feels so different and almost like it's breaking a rule or something and i like can't quite quantify it yeah ripped from the headlines is like very common on tv like (laughs) law and order made literally 20 years worth of tv doing this yep but it yeah. just doesn't work with film production schedules and like release cycles and yada yada. That's like somewhat gotten easier. I mean, look, how long hasn't Epstein been dead? Like three years too. Like it's not what is so time crazy. Anymore? Well, exactly. <laughs> like it, that part of that is like it. it right. Yeah, because John, of the some pandemic, stuff happened in that three years. So I have a spinoff question for that. What horror director would you want to see make an Epstein movie? <laughs> oh jeez. Oh man. Ugh. I'm going Mary Heron. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Oh my god. Right? Actually, that's perfect. Think about think about American it. Psycho. American yeah. Psycho, director uh-huh. of American Psycho and Epstein could be really it. good. I don't, right? think I, I don't think I want an Epstein movie. That's my I don't want more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's fair. That's my answer. You're like that guy who can't figure out the budget. That's what I want to make. <laughs> yes. There's your million dollar idea, buddy. Get some cheese. Joe and our luck, it. it's going to be Rob Zombie's follow up to Monsters. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving the planet. Rob Zombie. <laughs> what like, if it's Elon called? Musk, take me with you. What if it's called? What if it's called Rob Zombie's Jeffrey Epstein movie? Oh! <laughs> oh God, no. no. It's intellectually honest. <laughs> <laughs> that way, you know exactly what you're getting. Go like you're not going to be yep. tricked by this movie. You know what I mean? The Monsters 2, The Jeffrey Epstein Story, by Rob, <laughs> a, a film by Rob Zombie. Un film de Rob Zombie. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Just to make yeah. it a little extra fancy, that's all. Uh, we, do not, we do not know what we're doing next week, but um, I'm putting it on someone else because I think I, I pleased Schnars this week, so I think I won, and I think I get to take a week off. So hold on, I love Eric keeps forgetting that he picked this movie, but no, no, that's what that's I'm saying. Fine. I'm the, what I'm saying is I picked this movie and you liked it, so now I get a week off from picking the movie. That's what well, I'm saying. I thought we were gonna do this Studio Six Six Six. Is it's it's that'd be yeah. my vote? Okay. We're pretty can, precious right, time you know to be what? doing it. Let's do it. I feel like I'm going to be the voice of Doctor oh, of War and say Hellbender. 
I still yeah. would watch Hellbender for sure. Yeah. Wait, and when is this Master movie coming out? We don't. It's need out. To... It's, it's already out. out. Oh, it's all right. On Amazon Prime. Rachel, Amazon. Rachel, why, why do, would we need to review Hellbender when people could just go listen to the Zombie Girls episode on it? Oh. You're making excellent points. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. What you proved tonight is I'm sure you had more intelligent things to say about Hellbender than any of us would. So, go go check out the Zombie Girls, which is where you can hear Ariel and Rachel every week. Also, other people. There's different shows. Hey, you guys have new theme music. Yeah, I I didn't know if you wanted me to say something on the show, but I I wanted to. Yeah, there's we have amazing new theme music that just landed this week, and I could not be more excited about it. That comes from the minds, the brilliant minds of Eric and his lovely Elizabeth. I can't even oh, see how cool it is. Like it it's makes us sound really so much cooler. I know. <laughs> uh, you know, ever wore before. Yeah, or she is a songwriter, makes music, and came up with a cool little like riff for it, and I just sort of helped put it together. So. Yeah, um, boy, like an angel. Yes, that's true. like an angel. Does it air? Is it on the show live yet? Like, will will it be by Friday? Um. Well, we we had to push our recording, so it might be out a little bit late. I don't know. We'll have to talk about it, Ariel. But Got the it. episode on Master will have the new theme music. Love it, and it nice. slaps. Well, check yeah, yep. check out the Zombie Girls, and if you're looking for podcast music, hit me up on uh, Twitter, Eric BGH. Do it. I'm, I'm taking commissions. I have. One one open commission at the moment, and I'm making some a little, few more things for Rachel, and then I'm I'm free. So cool! Like he'll give you what you never knew you always wanted. <laughs> yep. uh, I'm putting that on my business card. Thank you very much. Um, I love it. You might so get ne- some interesting calls. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it open to interp- nothing about music. Just that phrase. Right, right. Um, so mayor ne- of the thing you never knew you always wanted, Eric. <laughs> So what is it, John, next week? the What's it called? Studio 666. Okay, and that was the movie The Foo Fighters made, question mark? Correct. Cool. I like that hero song. That's pretty cool. Actually, I like um, A Monkey Wrench. Is that the name of that song? Yeah. That's my... That's... I'm a fairly big fanboy, so I'm excited for it. All right. Here we go. No idea what to expect. I've heard good things from people I trust. Cool. On our own Slack. The, the like, Foo oh. Fighters, like, fan page. This <laughs> is, yeah, from our own Slack. <laughs> this is very important. I wanted to mention this. I talked to her before the show, and she said it was cool to mention it. Caitlin's going to be out for uh, a few episodes. We're not sure exactly how long. Um, she, you know, said it was okay to say she's just going through some health stuff. She's doing okay, but just needs to do some recouping. If you follow her on social media, it's a great time to DM her or shout her out, tell her you hope she feels better, and tell her how awesome she is, but just want to let people know like because you're not going to see her for a few weeks she will be back no one yep. panic holding a place in our heart yes that's right either way all right everyone um, that's going to do it for our episode on the scary of 61st 6th got first. there no 61st no, you there. did it first time <laughs> hope you enjoyed they both sounded right <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you we Hope. were five blocks apart. So. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, bro. Okay. Now we're getting somewhere. All right, guys. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll talk to you next week. See you. Bye. Bye. Bye-bye.